Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. I am your host of the day, Jared Bradford. We are, of course, going to discover the warrior within today, and our topic is the art of the American road trip. And this is such an exciting episode because I've got my buddy and my co-host, Corey Mueller, talking about his recent adventure through the mountains of Colorado on his motorcycle with his dad and his buddy Heller, and they call themselves the Road Burners, which is just badass. So guys, this is an awesome episode. We go into some great detail about this trip and why it was so influential and important on Corey's life. We also talk about some past trips that he's taken and just the importance of taking road trips, taking time to slow down as opposed to flying everywhere, taking the communities, taking the sites, meet some locals, and how all of that time thinking on the road can lead to some great perspective for you making life decisions. And this is just a great episode, lots of great perspectives. If you have a minute while you're listening, scroll on down, leave us a five-star review, leave us a little note if you want about how much you like the episode. We look forward to hearing it from you guys. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. I'm here today with Professor Alfredo Babushki. <laughs> oh, hello there. How are we doing today? I'm great, Alfredo. Uh, how are you doing, <laughs> Professor Babushki? Uh, I am a very good. Uh, it is a my pleasure to be on this episode. Wonderful. So we're going to talk about Alfredo sauce today. So <laughs> you're... <laughs> <laughs> that was not the reaction I was expecting from you, but okay. <sighs> All right, so seriously, we're with Corey Mueller, our fellow host. And, What's up, uh, y'all? We're here to discuss roads less traveled, the important uh, potence of the good old-fashioned American road trip. Yeah. So, Corey, before we get on into this episode, how do you feel about the movie Wild Hogs? I love Wild Hogs. Uh, we quoted Wild Hogs a lot on the trip that I just went on, especially mm-hmm. the scene where they're supposed to get gas because it's the last gas for 80 miles but the gas station is a prison for our souls built by the man so they didn't they didn't get gas yeah so, it's great. a great it's a great tale yeah it's a great tale if you haven't seen it you should go watch it this show is sponsored by wild hogs actually <laughs> yeah so Corey, you're no you're no stranger to the power of travel and and uh so i want to know when was your first road trip on a motorcycle and where did you go my first motorcycle road trip. So it was a small one. The first time I went, it was Mother's Day weekend. Um, when I, We were living in Michigan at the time. This was when I was a wee lad of about 18. Um, we rode from Brighton, Michigan to St. Clair, Michigan, which is about 75 miles. I did it on my 1975 CB550. Um Ooh. And we went to visit my great grandma and my mom rode her own motorcycle that day. My dad rode and it was a great day. By the end of the day, my seat was like cement. So I couldn't feel my rear end by the end of the day. Mm, but, but yeah, that, it was a very memorable trip though, because you know, we're going along the blue water and my, it was the first trip I had ever gone on. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Is that a lot? Is that a pretty good distance for a motorcycle? It depends on the type of motorcycle you have. For the motorcycle that I had, a uh, 150-mile round trip was a pretty decent trip. Uh, now, 
the bike that I have 150 miles wouldn't, wouldn't really be so much. Yeah. You got more of a traveling bike now. Huh? Yes. Sweet. So I want to know your uh, favorite all time trip. So go for it. Tell me about it. Uh, that's a really tough question. Cause each trip has its own. Your it's like its own favorite part. Um, mm-hmm. So each one is unique and it's hard to pick one that is your favorite overall. But I would say if I had to pick one, it would be a trip I took in 2016 up to Sturgis, South Dakota for the the big bike Mm -hmm. rally up there. For anyone that doesn't know, the bike rally up there, the Sturgis bike rally is probably outside of maybe the Daytona bike week. Sturgis is the most is the biggest bike festival like in the entire country. Um and it's for a week up in Sturgis, South Dakota. So we went up with me and my dad and my brother and two ex- extremely experienced road veterans. One was his road name's Papa D, Papa Dwayne. And then the other guy's name is Spanky. So okay. um, we rode up, all five of us up there. And it was that was the first really big trip I ever did. Um, and that was the first time riding with like a really large group. So it was a ton of fun. We had a blast up in Sturgis riding around the Black Hills area. We saw Mount Rushmore. We rode in, um, I think, what's it called? Um, there's a big nast- national park up there and I, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, it was, it was wonderful. Uh, and then riding through Colorado on the way back from South Dakota, was when I first experienced riding in the, like on a mountain pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that changed everything for me. Uh, so riding my first mountain pass was life changing. And that's why that'll probably be my favorite trip. Cause that really set me on a different path as far as what riding meant to me. Yeah. Cool. So how do you get the, do, do all like bikers, motorcycles have nicknames? Is that a thing? So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's sort of a thing. Like, bikers have they're called road names um and you have to earn it so you don't just like you're not you can't pick your road name you can't be like well i'm badass or you know what i mean like whatever (laughs) like you have to earn your name so i actually i hadn't had a road name until just recently and i earned one on this last trip um so yeah it's it's sort of a badge of honor What's your road name? Uh, my road name is Blue Ball. <laughs> so and how'd you earn it? it it's going to sound silly, but I, the helmet that I wore, it's really, really bright blue and it's really, really like bulbous. So it's, um, it's really easy to spot. Yeah. And my dad, he's like, you look like a big blue ball riding down the highway. <laughs> and so that, I mean, that, that became my name <laughs> bulbous i like it's a perfect description bulbous so like my dad's road name is mad cow because he always moves violently at cows <laughs> on the side of the road so that's where that came from yeah okay. yep good old cow um all right man so let's let's go further in your experience uh why is travel namely namely via our road system so important that's a really good question. Uh, travel is, I think, especially road travel, like you said, is a lost art almost because people most days travel 
you know, on a plane or mostly, I would say mostly by plane anymore, especially for long distances. Yeah. Um, and the, the travel itself is more of a means to an end. So when you take a road trip, even in a car, but especially on a motorcycle, a road trip is way more immersive. Um, and, and, and like I said, especially on a motorcycle, on a motorcycle, you feel the wind, you feel the weather, uh, you, for whatever reason, we talked about this on our trip on a motorcycle, you really seem to interact more with the things around you, whether it be the road conditions, the people, uh, I mean, whatever you, you interact differently with the trip because you're just <laughs> so immersed in it. And I think that's something that's sorely missed by a lot of people these days because it's just not it's just not something that gets done as frequently. And if people do a road trip, the beautiful part of a road trip, and you know this because you've been on a couple, you get mm-hmm. to just you get you get to get lost in the yeah. in the country, in your thoughts, in the you get to be really introspective and because there's not much else to do when you're driving or riding all i mean you besides focusing on the road what are you doing you're you're thinking you're reflecting you're mm. planning i mean whatever it's there's it's a time for for me it's meditation i can't right. med- i can't meditate like sit there and you know meditate like a lot of people do or at least i never have been able to but as soon as i get on the bike and we're riding and in a, in a, in a car too, I, I get in like this trance state where things just will come to me um, because I have time to sit and think about it. So I think to answer your question in more of a short form, I think it's a, it's a lost art that people, you get so much of an experience out of it and it just, it's a beautiful thing that is lost. I think on a lot of folks these days. Yeah, with the airplane travel, it almost seems like it's such a quick means that you you don't get to have the little experiences along the way on the right. road. And right. even if you get to your destination, just thinking back to my vacations where I take an airplane, I'm, I always kind of feel rushed when I'm on vacation. Right, too. exactly. But when I took road trips, man, it was just so slow and everything felt like a vacation. It wasn't well, like... We had, to, we had to be certain places by the end of the day, but still how we got there didn't quite matter. If you think about like plane travel and then road travel, plane travel, your goal is to get somewhere. Right. Your goal is the fastest way possible to get somewhere, which is wonderful. I love being able to jump on a plane and I can be across the country in three hours. I think that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's a totally different experience from when your destination is the journey where you're going you do have a destination but the the point of traveling by the on the road is to have the experience it's not so much the rush to get there it's like you said it's the experience and what you do along the way right it's yeah totally becoming bored is good people think like road trips are so boring well it's a good thing to be bored you'll be able to disconnect and like become aware of something in your life if your road trip is boring plan a different road trip uh, you can get off the highway and experience the country that's around you. I think people say road trips are so boring because you're on the highway and you stop mm-hmm. to get gas every 350 miles mm-hmm. and you're not experiencing anything. You're just like droning along on the highway. Um, so it's different when you get off the highway 
and you see our country for what it is and you meet people for who they are, where they are and see how they live. It's a completely different experience. Right. Yeah. Getting off the main highway and hitting some back roads. Yeah. Exactly. Just like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, um, why do you think we seek that though? People that love it. Like why, why do you think they love it? Why do we constantly seek road trips? Cause it's been a theme in our country for since we've had cars. Right. I, I think it goes back to, I mean, we could, we could talk a lot about human nature and, and, you know, being able to explore and, and all that type of stuff. But I think it really, for me, and everyone has their own reasons, you know what I mean? Everybody has their own reasons, but for me, it comes down to it's freedom. You have the freedom to make your choices, to see what you want to see, to go where you want to go at your own pace. And like I said, a big thing about it for me is also the meditation. So being able to really just your focus is entirely on your thoughts. Your focus is entirely on the experience, like to take in some of the sights that you take in is, and to really just, and to really take it in, not to just like take a picture and look at it and like, you know, I can't wait to post this on Instagram later, but to really like, take it in and ponder things Mm -hmm. that's for me the biggest thing about a road trip is is being able to be introspective and and really reflect on and on things and meditate so yeah and absorb new things being free being free love it okay so you recently went on a particularly spiritual yes road trip i did past week through Colorado. Yep. Uh, where'd, you, where'd you go exactly? So we, it was a three day trip. Uh, we went, it was only about, it was roughly a thousand miles, a little bit less. Uh, so it wasn't incredibly long, but we went from Canyon city, Colorado, which is where I live currently to hot sulfur Springs, Colorado in a in kind of a roundabout way, we we planned our route so we saw a lot of things that we wanted to see. We took sort of the long way to get where we were going. Um, we were only on the we weren't on the highway at all the first day. Like not we weren't on the a major highway at all. Um, and from Hot Sulphur Springs, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park, and then from there we went to do the Mount Evans, which Mount Evans is one of the highest peaks in Colorado we did the Mm -hmm. Mount Evans scenic byway which was absolutely terrifying which I'm sure we'll we'll probably get into that and then we Mm -hmm. went from there to uh, a beautiful place called Leadville Colorado which is like it's a time it's a town stuck in time like if you can imagine a town from the 1800 late 1800s where gold mining and whatever else is is really popular I, I mean it we drank whiskey in a saloon that was from 1879. Wow. Uh, it's a, it's a, it was, it's absolutely insane to immerse yourself like that. And then from there, uh, we rode a little bit more around up some passes that I really wanted to do and then home. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, it was a very spiritual journey, but that's the kind of synopsis, the synopsis of where we went. Where you went, yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Stuff the cool stuff. That's what happens when you get off the, the main highways. Yep. So I want to know what uh, the roads were like on this scenic pass because I know it was 
quite a ton. Okay, so Mount Evans Scenic Byway. Uh, it was crazy. So Rocky, this is Rocky Mountain National Park and the Mount Evans Scenic Byway. Like three days before we went on the trip, they were out snow plowing. They had like five foot snow drifts on the road. Wow. And we weren't sure if we were going to be able to go. And we were planning like, hey, you know, should we should we do this? Should we not do this? And it was like, whatever we can do to do it, we're going to. We can't control, you know, if there's three foot of snow on the roads but if they're if the roads are clear even if it's cold and there's snow other uh, you know elsewhere we're gonna go mm-hmm. so you start up you basically you start climbing elevation pretty drastically and near the base of the mountain the road itself was about 20 miles long um so the first like 10 miles are really really nice it's easy riding going uphill picking up elevation a lot of twists and curves. It's really great. It's not stressful. Um, really relaxing riding. Uh, the, <laughs> the last 10 miles, which goes up to the summit, was the most terrifying road I've ever been on. Um, it's, it was hard to kind of fathom what I was doing while we were on the road because, I mean, the whole time I kept saying, this can't get any worse. So -hmm. it starts, there's no guardrails. There's no guardrails at all. And the road starts out and it's pretty narrow. I mean, it's probably, it's narrower than your average two lane road. Um, So you're going up, you're going around all these curves. There's sheer drop-offs right next to the road. Um, There's tourists that are driving massive, you know, SUVs. And you're just on the motorcycle, like hoping you don't die, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your focus becomes, I just need to get around the next corner. I just need to get up the next hill. Uh, but as we continued to go, the road got worse. The road conditions got worse. Um, the snow, there was, in some parts, there was like six to seven foot drifts on the side of the road, which wow. was a really surreal experience because like, you're riding a motorcycle and there's, you know, six to seven to eight feet of snow right next to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it it got really bad. We had about three miles to the summit uh, and it kind of opens up into this flat plain after you come around this giant, you're basically doing a giant corner around the mountain. And I mean, it's like I said, it's sheer like 300 foot drop offs right next to you. So you're just praying to God or whatever deity that you don't fall off. Uh, We come up and it's a big open field area. There's a lake and there's a sign that says road narrows. And I'm like, okay, so, okay. So the road's going to get narrower. Great. And then there's another sign about a hundred feet after that road damage ahead. Oh, great. And so it's like, all right. So how bad could this really be? Because the road's open. People are traveling the road. There's other people on the road. Uh, if you guys can imagine, I want to try to paint a visual picture. So imagine a really rough, some really rough waves that are really, uh, so, you know, if you're on a lake or you're on the ocean, like real rough type ocean and these road waves, they're literally waves in the road that are three to four feet up. And then you come back down the other side. And I mean, it's like you come up and they're like giant speed bumps, basically, um what giant i mean there's craters in the road 
where a car would be okay. It's a big bump, but a motorcycle, like if you're not prepared for it, you're, you'll either, you'll dump your bike and you'll fall off or you'll break something on your bike. So you had to be, we had to constantly be looking out for these massive craters, these huge road waves, uh, giant speed bumps, whatever you want to call them. And then, so that's within the first like hundred yards of the road damage sign. Uh-huh. We start to actually start to summit the the mountain, and at the base of that, there's three massive flooded sections of the road. <laughs> uh, so like the the water was coming up. You, we and we rode through it. I mean, we didn't have a choice because you can't really turn around easily. Yeah. So the road, the water was probably, I don't know. I would say it was at least eight inches, six to eight inches deep. And it was deep enough that it, it was touching my boots on my footboards of my motorcycle. Uh-huh. Um, and we just, we, we rode through it and you didn't know how deep the water was going to be. And you just rode. I mean, we ended up, so we got through that, which I mean, we got wet and it was fun. Like the whole time, the craziest part about it was you have to like, tell yourself and convince yourself that this is a wonderful experience. What a road, what a day. This is wonderful. I was smiling and laughing the whole time deep down inside. You know, I was absolutely terrified and I was telling myself that this is fucking insane. Uh And, uh, I, yeah, so it, it was, but it was convincing myself that, wow, how wonderful is this? So we continue up past the, past the, water and then the road gets narrower and it gets even more twisty and curvy and i wouldn't say that we went over 20 miles an hour for about three miles mm-hmm. um the mo- I, and this is where it got really scary because you feel like you're on top of the world you can see everything there's giant mountains everywhere but then there's sheer drop-offs you know right next to you still but the road is even narrower now And so we finally get up to the top and my heart is pounding. My dad looked at me and he said, I can't, I don't know what, why we just did that. And my, my roommate uh, who went with us, he was also like, that was the most terrifying thing that I've ever done. And I like, so we get to the top and you're at the top and it's like, wow, I can't believe we did that. That's amazing. And then you start remembering that you have to go back down (laughs) (laughs) and going down is way more scary because you have less control of your, I mean, you're going downhill. So you pick up speed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But going down was actually because we had already come up. So it was like, we can go down. Like, at least for me, going down was my stomach was churning when we first started. But once we actually started going down, it was like, you know what? This is no big deal. I, uh, it's, it, it's, it's what it is. And you just focus on getting around at the next corner. Every mm-hmm. next corner is your focus at that point. So, um, the views at the top were totally worth it. They have an observatory up there. Really cool. There's mountain goats up there. Nice. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it was absolutely breathtaking, but it's not something that I would probably be like, yeah, I'd love to do that again. Like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was definitely a test of fortitude and perseverance. Cause there was many times where probably could have turned around and been, a, 
been mostly okay with it, but you get, you reach a certain point where you've come so far, you like, you might as well just keep going. Mm-hmm. So dude, what a, what a cheap and cheesy metaphor for life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's so true too. <laughs> Cause there's, there was a couple points where we could have pulled off and turned around and yeah. whatever, but like you can literally see the peak. Uh-huh. just keep going like why would we we can't go all this way and then have to tell people we put our tails between our legs and didn't make it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so and there was very few other motorcycles doing this i'll say that much yeah i believe that i mean i just pictured that like you say it was only like maybe i don't know seven to ten miles where it was really bad it was 10 like, miles of real bad. sketchy yeah but like that's a long distance going up a mountain winding and twisting no guardrails yeah you actually have some pictures and videos that we can post along with the episode to kind of give people a picture you're going like 10 between 10 and 20 miles per hour the entire way yeah it's a long time yeah Yeah. what is what do you think is one word that you would use to explain that thrill of like driving those roads versus a normal highway uh, there's not i mean there's no comparison so one word Okay, forget uh, the comparison. So what explain the thrill of just driving that type of road? One word. Putting you on the spot. Alive. Because mm. it makes you feel alive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you really understand how small you are and you understand yeah. how fragile you are when you're in that type of position. Like, I mean, yeah, it, that, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I would say alive is a good Great. one word. Great. Um, so besides that, anything else, what did you learn on this trip? What what did you learn from that? It was what else made this trip in particular special? Well, this trip was really special. There was a lot of, I mean, a lot of stuff happened. We experienced some adversity. We got to see a lot of nature, um, like a lot of Mm -hmm. wildlife. So the first day we started out was absolutely beautiful. I mean, it was not super hot lots of sun. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. Um, so it was probably midday. We were doing our first mountain pass. Uh, it's called Guanella pass, which is my favorite road that I've ever driven or ridden on in ever. Um, we were, we had summited it. So it's about 12,000 feet. We were at the top taking some pictures, having a good time, um, that's where I received my nickname. My roommate received his nickname. So his name is, is Ryan Heller. We call him Heller. My family calls him Hubert for some reason. And we were kind of giving him a little bit of shit because he, he was the only one with like a black motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So we're like, he's the badass of the group. He's bad Hubert. <laughs> so he became, he became BH that, that became his road name okay. is BH. Um, so we had, I mean, we were just, we were riding real high. Everyone was there. I mean, everyone was just on cloud nine and we're starting to come down from the past summit. And I mean, literally just coming down and bad Hubert took a little Uh-oh. spill and he dumped his bike. Um, he went to try to stop his bike and cause I was slowing down ahead of him and he wasn't paying close enough attention and so he jerked his handlebars and he ate it and um, dumped his bike and we got his bike up. It still ran. He broke the shift peg on the shift lever. So where you shift gears on a motorcycle, there's a little 
thing that sticks out from the lever where you can grab with your toe. And he completely broke that off with his own foot. Um, so his foot had a big, you know, the, a big puncture wound, his knee, he had really bad road rash on his knee. Uh, his mostly okay, except for that. But we figured out you can shift it still without the Mm -hmm. peg. So he went down. We, I mean, and and at that point we're 12,000 feet up. We don't have a choice. Like you're not calling AAA. (laughs) You're, you're going to figure it out. So, uh, we, we made it so he could shift somewhat. I wouldn't say it's easily, but he was able to shift the bike enough where we could get down the other side of the mountain, which took us about 45 minutes because we were going slow. Um, we get to the base of the mountain, which is Georgetown, Colorado. And we just, we sit on the, we park our bikes, we find a shady spot. And at that point it was just like, all right, let's assess everything. Let's see where we're at. Let's make a plan. What are we going to do? Because we're far away from home. We have very few options about what we can do. Um, There was talks like, you know, do we continue the trip? So basically what happened was um, a a guy was working on a house across the street and he had come over and he kind of, because the road in town is real narrow and he kind of gave us some shit. He's like, you know, good thing your bikes are not plugging up the road or anything, which they weren't, but he, I mean, he was just yeah. that kind of guy and my, and both me and my dad are like, Hey, hold on a second. Like, come here. And we told him what was going on. And we asked him if we could borrow some tools, which he graciously allowed us to use some tools. So what we ended up doing over the next hour or two, it's probably two hours total. Uh, we drilled out, the part of it where the shift lever had broken off. So there was still part of it broken off in the, 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 in the main part of the bike. So we drilled through that and broke a bunch of drill bits, trying to get it out. And then finally we were able to get a bolt in there, put some JB weld on the bolt, shove the bolt in to the, to the slot that we had drilled out and then put the, a little padded cover on there. So it, I mean, we made it functional and it almost looked good enough to be like mm-hmm. nothing happened. <laughs> Y'all are just regular Tim, the tool man tailors. We really, I mean, my dad, luckily he's amazing with yeah. that type of stuff. Uh, bad Hubert it was, I mean, he sat on the bike and made sure it didn't fall <laughs> over. I helped a decent amount, but I mean, we figured it out and it didn't, I mean, and so we had the conversation with, with bh like hey do you want to continue can you continue is your are you okay to continue he said i am not gonna i'm not gonna give it up we're Mm -hmm. gonna finish it so we changed we bought the guy we we bought the guy a bunch of beer the guy you um, borrowed tools from for yeah we bought the guy we borrowed tools from a lot of beer because he he since like we would have been screwed without him um we, yeah, we, they were crappy anyway, but we broke some of them. Uh, we went and had a beer of our own. We went and had a little bit of food and had a beer. And then we plan. okay, so what are we going to do? Because we were planning on doing Mount Evans on the mm-hmm. first day. Um, and we all kind of agreed, like, all right, we've had enough excitement for the day. Um, let's get where we're going, which at that point was still about 90 wow. miles away. Um, so we got on the bikes and we rode up Berthed Pass. And we got where we, we went to hot sulfur Springs 
Colorado and we stayed in a little motel there in town um, and had some amazing, it was the craziest, like this town is pretty much deserted, but there's this place in an old stagecoach house that had the most amazing food, fancy drinks. Uh, It didn't make sense, but we ate there and it was really great. Um, And we just kind of figured out what the next two days were going to look like. And we just carried on. So, cause that's, I mean, at that point, that's what we had to do. So I think going back to your original question, what made this trip so spiritual? First of all, coming through adversity like that was really crazy, really cool. Um, you can do a lot when you put your mind to it. And so that, I mean, the, the other part of it is this is my last, this was my last big trip in Colorado cause I'm going to be mm-hmm. moving soon. And so for me, it was taking everything in, uh, really taking the time to savor everything yeah. and take a lot of pictures and breathe the air, breathe because the, there's nothing there's nothing like riding in the mountains and breathing that crisp, clean and it's like pine filled air. There's there's nothing in the that I've ever smelled that's mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so really just and taking it, like I said, taking a ton of pictures so I can go back and be reminded of it journaling a lot you know what i mean so um i have a written i really wanted to just ingrain this trip into my brain so i would never forget it um and it was an extremely spiritual journey for me the entire way i it was i meditated a lot i was able to sort some stuff out and it was a wonderful trip and i was really happy i got to do it with my dad and i got to do it with bh um We missed our brother, my brother, who's the other member of our motorcycle gang, motorcycle club. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that was really the only downside about the entire trip was he wasn't with us. Yeah. What do you call yourselves? What's your. We're the we're the road road burners. burners. And we're a motorcycle club. You guys have a Facebook page. Not a gang. Fuck. No. No. About that. You are going to have some. We're old school. That makes sense. Keep to yourself. We got T-shirts though for the trip. Really? Is that what I thought? I saw you guys. Yeah, we all. Yeah, we all had matching T-shirts. So. So actually, you mentioned um, the high that you get off of, you know, like a road trip or vacation. We all kind of get that where we like we feel great about ourselves, and eventually this that wears off. We go back to our real life. But how do you think we can, maybe do our best to carry those positive feelings from trips? back into everyday life so they don't just disappear so that's actually that's really interesting that you bring that up because that's something that i'm in the process of doing right now um because you i we got we got back on sunday and the first thing i did after i you know got my motorcycle unloaded was take a nap because i was exhausted but that's it i had the exact same question is okay how do i take this reflective time this like super massive high that i'm riding Mm -hmm. right now into the next week the next month the next i mean whatever like whatever time frame and i haven't come up with an answer yet because it was such a high of emotions and i also had so much time to reflect on some things that i hadn't really had time to reflect on that it the the Yesterday, it was Tuesday, um, I had a really rough day emotionally. I was really down and I was really 
um, sad and like depressed. And I was, and I spent some time thinking about it and I spent some time kind of processing through it with, with some people. And I, it was because I had the time to, to think about some of this stuff. And I realized like, that's going to be one of my last big trips Mm. in Colorado. And that it, it, it made me so happy, but then the opposite end of the spectrum was, holy shit, I'm so sad. (laughs) Um, and being able to like work through that though, and kind of level out to a really peaceful and calm place. Cause that's, uh, that's where I've been today is just really peaceful, really calm, um, ready for my next phase, the next chapter, um, of life. I had a very close person to me, tell me probably the reason why it was so impactful for me because it was the closing of a chapter. So I've been out here in Colorado for the last three and a half years. I've always wanted to be out here. I have ridden my motorcycle a lot. I've made big life choices out on my bike since I've been out here. I've come through a lot of shit since I've been out here. And it's like the closing of that chapter is really crazy to me. And I didn't really put it into those words until she did, which it it helped Mm. me a lot. Um, And so starting a new chapter and taking everything that I've learned and everything that I've been able to reflect on into that new chapter is what I'm trying to do with all of the emotions and everything that I was feeling. Yeah. I think um, whoever said that is, is spot on because really, yeah, it's a, a huge move. I mean, the start of a chapter moving out to Colorado was a huge move too, but it was also very exciting. And now I'll move yeah. back to Michigan to start a new chapter. Yep. It's, it's also it's also yeah. extremely exciting, but it's it's different at the same time. Uh I'm excited about it, but like I said, I had spent the better part of since I was like 14 just all I wanted to do was live yeah. in Colorado. Um, and you know, life circumstances have made it, the universe has kind of told me that it's time to go experience Mm -hmm. something else and then, and maybe someday I'll come back, but right now is not the right time and that's okay. So great. That was was great. Um, Corey, do you have any souvenirs you like to bring back? (laughs) Yeah. So we don't personally, we don't do like souvenirs on our trips <laughs> except for like we'll we'll buy like yeah. patches uh to put on vests or whatever but we do we do yeah. another thing um and we started doing this in actually in, it was like 2015 my dad and I went on a trip from where I lived in Michigan up to Canada nice. basically what we do uh it comes from a top gear episode for anyone who's familiar with Top Gear, where basically they buy each other presents. They call them presents. And they're these ridiculous gifts like, you know, giant paintings and giant ship models and marble statues that they have to like attach to their bikes or to their cars. And they, you know, they have to travel with on the road with these <laughs> ridiculous things. So we started doing that, the, the inaugural present. I got one for my dad. Uh, for anyone who watches Star Trek or knows about Star Trek, I found a Captain Picard from Star Trek The Next Generation cookie jar. Like, it's just his bust. 
and I bought it. Oh, <laughs> and it's a pretty yeah. good sized, pretty good sized cookie jar. <laughs> and my dad had to ride the next like 500 miles with Captain Picard strapped <laughs> to the back seat of his bike. <laughs> um, so we, I mean, we've had anything from like we, my brother and I, when we went up to Sturgis, we got my dad a folk art version of Noah's Ark that was quite nice. large. Um, and he had to ride about a thousand miles with this Noah's Ark strapped to the back of his bike. And, uh, my brother got like the, the Eagle statue that wings, his wings flapped That's pretty or whatever. Badass. So this trip we, we do this, we do this type of thing. So my dad had forgotten about the presence thing. So we're in Rollinsville, Colorado and we're, it's a, it's a town. It doesn't even have a gas station. It's, it's got this little general store that's got like Twinkies and ramen noodles and stuff you can survive on basically. (laughs) Um, and they had a little like antique store in the back (laughs) and it was a lot of like garbage and stuff that wasn't really valuable, but I found this stool and it was a little, it was a chair that had been cut down into a stool and I bought it for him. It was like $5. And so he had his stool strapped yeah. to his back seat for the rest of the trip. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and he told me, he said, I didn't find anything for you this trip, but just, just so you understand your, our next journey, you will be repaid in full. <laughs> so that's kind of, we don't do yeah. like souvenirs right. per se, but we have these little fun, like I've gotten records before that I've had to strap uh-huh. onto my bike and uh, I've had, I had to, towed a big canadian flag around one time taped it to the back seat of my bike and it was flowing it was cool so yeah um do you guys have any other rituals like do you do anything before you set off for the day or, or anything to end the day or whatever um not really uh this trip we did i did video check-ins the entire trip mm-hmm. so like that was something that was fairly new but we would basically check in you know Cause again, I wanted to yeah, make yeah. this trip yeah. really memorable. So we were checking in like every major stop that we had, um, which I could see that becoming a new tradition because it was really cool to, to watch the videos. Um, once we were done because it, you know, like we make a video right before BH's accident. And then we made a video after his accident. It's a completely, you know what I mean? It's just a, it's a really different, way to to look at the trip but other than that i mean um we don't really have any traditions per se but cool um all right alfredo when's your uh what's your next trip plan here (laughs) where where, where are you going when you're going do you have anything well i don't have oh you're making a big move i don't have any yeah i was gonna say i'm about to move across the country again at the end of july um so i don't have any big trips planned at least road trips planned as of right now but um the next trip that i'd really like to do that's a bigger one it's one of the great lakes tours um so basically you each lake has its own tour so lake michigan tour lake superior tour lake huron tour um and i want to do i i mean i want to do the lake huron one really badly um, the Lake Superior one would be awesome because it takes you through the UP and through Canada. Um, but just a lot of daydreaming about stuff mm-hmm. right now. Uh, I forgot. So you're moving back to Michigan. How are you getting your bike? There? Yes. You drive. 
So the bike is going to go into a back in the back of a trailer. Oh, is your your dad, mom, helping you drive? They're going to, yeah, they're going to bring a big giant trailer they just bought up. And we're going to have a little caravan going across the country. Another road trip. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question, Corey. Okay. How can road trips make you a stronger warrior? Hmm. I think for me, it goes back to, again, the being able to reflect on things. So like I said, I've, I've made some huge decisions on motorcycles. I have decided to get out of toxic relationships. I have decided to, you know, do something, you know, for work or this or that or whatever. So it allows you the time to reflect on your you know your your decisions your whatever up until that point and it makes you a stronger warrior because you can plan for your next move what is your next move how are you going to do it what is it going to look like you can really play it through in your head and that's really as i mean you know in sports and whatever else it's important to be able to to see to visualize that stuff because if you visualize it the chances of it happening the way you want are a lot better you can also visualize alternatives mm-hmm. you know what i mean um which uh, i did that this entire trip it was all a visualization of what the next month might look like or the next you know what i mean so when I, when i get to michigan what's it going to look like or or whatever so i think being able to plan your next move your next mm-hmm. attack and have a have a way to execute it that's great it's wonderful all right you have anything else you want to add? Any last tidbits? Anything? Um, not really. I think more people need to take road trips mm-hmm. and not be so concerned about where they're going, but be more be more concerned about how you're getting mm-hmm. there. Get off the highway, experience experience what our country has to offer, and interact with people because that's really what makes it great. Like. When we when when you went on Route sixty six, one of your most favorite memories was interacting with Gary Turner. <laughs> Good old Gary. You yeah. we we would have never met him on I forty. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, you're damn right. Get off get off the highway and experience life. Right on. That's great advice. All right, Corey Mueller, aka Professor Blue Ball, Blue Ball <laughs> aka. <laughs> Professor Alfredo Babushki. I appreciate your time. This has been a yeah. great episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us. We hope it was beneficial to you. You could be doing anything. Everything is vying for your attention these days. But you chose to be here with us, and that means a lot. If you do have an extra minute, head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a comment if you'd like. If you've already done that, hey, you're awesome. If you haven't done it, what's the matter with you? Just kidding. We still love you. But you can go ahead and do that. We would love to hear from you. Guys, enjoy your day. As always, try to take things from this episode and put them into practice. Because that's a way that you get stronger and discover the warrior within.